You're listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Now, from the first Amish country, here's Troy and Howie. Happy Father's Day! Good morning and uh, welcome to episode five of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. And I'm Howie and uh, right next to me, kind of, figuratively, is Troy. <laughs> Good morning, Howie. <laughs> Happy Father's Day as my daughter introduced there. Yeah, Avery is her name, I believe, isn't it? Is that it, what I saw? It is. That is Avery. Is, uh, the and one just, that, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I was just curious. Is um, you know, Knowing that you're an Atlanta Braves fan, is there any correlation with uh, Steve Avery on that? There isn't. Um, my wife loved that name. Um, she loved that name okay. since our first daughter. And uh, I actually didn't really like the name for a girl because I kept associating it with a boy. Every boy... You know, uh-huh. every every time every time I've heard a name Avery, it was always associated with a boy. Whether it would have been Steve Avery from the Braves, or uh, <laughs> yeah. was it was it Avery Johnson? Was he the Spurs guard? I believe um, you're right. Yes. Yeah, Avery Johnson. So it, that's I always thought of a boy when I thought of Avery. Uh-huh. But as I got older and we looked into it more, I did definitely see there was a lot of Averys that were associated with girls okay. too. So we went with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Avery is eight years old and she talked us in and she sounded awesome. So, uh, so good job, Avery, if you're listening. Uh, but yeah, so happy so, Father's Day, Troy. And, yeah, uh, and you as well. And yeah. Thank you. And uh looks like we're, uh, you know, if people are having issues with uh, finding out where we are located, all you got to do is look at the COVID map on uh, Pennsylvania and you will see that we are the only <laughs> county in yellow while the rest of the county is in green so aren't we the lucky ones we are yeah just look for the yellow <laughs> on the map you'll see us uh you know yep. right there smiley happy right there in the south central pennsylvania <laughs> that's right oh my gosh I, yeah that, i'll tell you what that that really hit a nerve with me but that's a whole other show i think uh yeah thing. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, also, too, I want to kind of throw out a little bit of a surprise I kept from you for a little bit. And um, that surprise is, Troy, we are at 225 listeners as we speak. So how cool awesome. is that? We are, Yeah, that's we are great. growing, and we're growing real quick. That's, that's only after four shows. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, we're getting there. And, you know, and this is just something we're doing for fun, honestly. Like, we didn't – yeah. I mean, yeah, we were hoping it would grow into something big for us, obviously. But we also just knew that this is something that we wanted to do um, 20 years ago. And and you even heard that in the interview with Troy Martin. He's there to verify that for us. It was something we've <laughs> always right. wanted to do. So uh, here we are, and we're having fun. And maybe it's a little bit different of a platform, but it's a platform that we can control. So that's exciting. Yep, exactly. And it, and it's a platform, I think, that we've kept very respectful. We, we're not getting into too much of uh, controversy. And, you know, we're we're just kind of just having fun and just kind of we're voicing our opinions at points, but we're also just kind of providing entertainment, you know, and uh, it's entertainment that just not, you know, not one group of audience uh, can listen to, but it's pretty much anybody. Yeah, I would say so. And, um, you know, if you're listening to us, you know, please, you know, like our, um, you know, subscribe to our podcast on whatever avenue you're on, rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. Get the word out. Let us know. And, um, you know, there's a bunch of different podcast avenues. And, of course, the main ones are your Apple Podcasts, your Google Podcasts, your Spotify. Even you can listen to us through the Anchor app, wherever we record the app. Um, but you said there was also a new one added this week, right, Howie? 
Uh, yes, and you know what? For the life of me, I'm was it overcast or over? Yes, you're right. It was overcast. Um, yeah, uh, I couldn't remember which, exactly, but I yeah. So we just joined them, and uh, and I did check out their their site. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out, but it's uh, I did not. It's a, okay, it's a site that's very easy to navigate. I was actually pretty impressed. It's kind of one of the easier ones to kind of look up shows and and uh, and play from. So. If anybody is looking for a new podcast forum, I think Overcast is a pretty cool one to uh, join, and uh, it looks like it's very easy to navigate. So um, thank you, Overcast, for I think it, it, I'm hoping it's called Overcast, <laughs> but uh, but thank you, Overcast, <laughs> for uh, for um, allowing us to be on your forum. That's awesome. So yeah, um, and also we can throw out there uh, we do have a merch page, and that was set up to us uh, by our great friend of the show and a great helper of the show, Jesus Perez. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if you need any help with any signs or graphics, you can look him up on Facebook at Ace in the Hole Signs and Graphics. And if you have any original artwork you're looking at, um, you know, whether it be something you want to uh, make maybe as a tattoo or something like that, um, you can look up Dirty Baby Original on Facebook as well. And uh, like I said, that he, he also helped us with our merch page, and that is tchip.com. If you go to tchip.com, right at the top of the page, you'll see, um, I think it's the search bar, and it might even say, what are you looking for in the search bar? But when you go there, um, you just type in stay tuned, and that'll take you right to our page. And on the left-hand side or maybe even um, above it, depending on which platform you're in, mobile view or computer view, um, you can click whatever item you're looking for, whether it be a shirt, you know, a cup, whatever there's so many things on there so you know yeah i personally have not gotten anything yet and we talked about this last week but i am going to get something i just have not decided what it is yet. <laughs> yeah me too i, I, I do uh, background <laughs> yeah actually i didn't hear it i'll be honest with you so maybe, maybe <laughs> uh but yeah i'm I'm looking forward to i, I definitely want to order at least a t-shirt from it and uh because i really do like our logo and uh and the more listeners that we get and as we continue to grow every week, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to take off. And I just want to be proud to say that I'm part of it. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, ordering something online and uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Jesus, man. Dude's an awesome artist. So yes, he is. Uh, thank you. Jesus. He deserves recognized. Thank- he does. Cause he's, he's done so much for our show for sure. Um, yeah. And I did look that up, and I can verify it is overcast, so we're okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> good, good, so, good, good. Yeah, yeah. I thought so, that's what right. it was as well, but I think yeah. we better look it up just to be safe. Um, yep. So like we had a milestone birthday this week in the music industry, and um, we sure did. It's a, it's a pretty big one. And as I was doing a little research on this, uh, we were talking before we were on the recording here, is it's also a pretty big uh, milestone year for the the band she's in in general. And yeah. uh, I guess, what do you want to do? Do you want to play this clip and then we'll come back and talk about it a little bit? Yeah, why don't we play the sound clip uh, that I have uh, pulled up here. And uh, and when we get back, we'll, we'll do a little bit of talk out, talk up, and then hopefully somebody will guess before before we give that final answer. So, uh, all right, well, stay tuned and uh, we'll play this sound clip. Barracuda. 
back. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Troy, I'm feeling kind of old because when I hear that song, I'm thinking, man, I did not realize this woman was 70 years old. Yes, she is 70. She turned 17, 70 on June 19th. And uh, yeah, Ann Wilson from the band Heart. And uh, yes, I'll I'll tell you what, um, I was introduced to her at a pretty young age. My mom was a, was a Heart fan. And uh, if, if I were to start a band and I needed a female vocalist, she would be at the top of my list. Oh, my gosh, yeah. In fact, there was a time, I guess, she was supposed to tour with Joan Jett uh, and uh, a couple other um, uh, women artists from, from the uh, era. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think that was supposed to take place in 2020, and they had to cancel it because of the uh, COVID oh, outbreak. Sure. Yeah, it is. So, uh, but yeah, but uh, she's a 2013 Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee as well. So. And you had mentioned that uh, a little bit of a milestone, you know, 50 years as as a um, as a band, as a band, you know, yeah, as a band it's heart a sister. And you know how that goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you see it mostly with the brothers. When the brothers get together, there's usually some sort of falling out at some point. But um, oh yeah, yeah. They, they've been together for 50 years, and but you know, not to sell her sister short, but she can shred a guitar. My goodness, Nancy. Yes, she can. Yes, so, you can. And um, that song that you heard was from 1977, the song Barracuda. So uh, even, that song, even that song is 43 years old. That's older than yeah, you, Troy. It is. It is. And I'll be hitting a milestone next week. So Yeah, I was um, going to say, you're going to be hitting the big 4-0. We're yeah, going to have yep, to play yeah. a happy birthday song. You I, know. I believe it's I believe it's Friday. I think so. It's the 26th. Okay. Um, well, you but know yeah, what? Anybody who wants to wish you a happy birthday, you know, uh, all they got to do is just go to our Facebook page and uh, go into our voicemail, and uh, and they can wish you a happy birthday, and we'll definitely play those on the uh, on the next show. That would be nice. Yeah, wouldn't it be? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so with um, with yeah, we can close this out with heart, but I just I you know when we were looking up you know what we were going to do for our mystery sound clip this week, I just it never hit me that she was going to be 70. That's, that's just insane. And, uh, it is. And I don't, I don't know. I think it might've been 2013. It might've been the year they went into the hall of fame or something, but there was some sort of tribute, um, for Led Zeppelin and mm-hmm. Hart did a cover of Stairway to Heaven. And oh my, I did not. It's amazing. It is yeah. amazing. And the cool thing was they actually had a surprise drummer, and it was John uh-huh. Bonham's son that drummed for the Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is so yeah. awesome. Yeah, there was actually a spot. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I remember as a kid, I even bought her, her cassette. Now, this wasn't the 70s version of stuff, but I it was like in the mid to late 80s. Uh, I remember yeah. buying the cassette of Heart and... Uh, I'm just a huge fan of like her sound, like just yeah, her absolutely. sound is so unique. Like when you hear her sing, it's like, oh yeah, that's the girl from Heart. Yeah, yeah, she's got an amazing voice. I wanted to mm-hmm. uh, real quick. I wanted to follow up on my uh, thing, Led Zeppelin. There, um, yeah. there's actually a point in the show where Jimmy Page and Robert Plant are sitting up there, you know, listening as they're performing, and you could actually see some uh, tears stream down Robert Plant's face. That's how much oh my gosh. Him. And when they interviewed him after, and they said a lot of it wasn't, it was the song, some of it, but what most of it was was the fact that um, when they when he saw John Bonham's son come out, and he said it just, he said he couldn't believe, mm-hmm. like, it was just such an honor 
for his son to be recognizing his dad like that. So, you know what? Really really cool you have, if you have an opportunity, uh, you'll have to find that on YouTube maybe, and if you can put Post it up on our, our Facebook page, that would be kind yeah, of cool. I can, def- I wouldn't I can mind definitely check that out. out. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely do that. It was a really cool thing. Okay. So yeah, um, but not to rush things along, Troy. But uh, yeah, we definitely have a, a busy show. In fact, our uh, we do have another uh, guest this week. As you know, last week we had uh, Troy Martin uh, from Fox 43 and other uh, TV stations uh, um, in Maine and, and Allentown, all that good stuff, and also a fellow radio alum. Uh, but we also now have another guest this week, and uh, he's a pretty impressive guy, too. In fact, he's a, he's also a relation of yours, and we'll kind of talk more about that when we start the interview. But, uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to be interviewing uh, Paul Miller, who is uh, a retired Air Force veteran, 28 years in the military, in fact. And he was part of the para-rescue group, uh, which in parentheses I would say PJ. But you'll, you'll learn a little bit more about that as we uh, do the interview. But uh, amazing guy, and I'll tell you what, I've, I've been really looking forward to uh, playing this uh, this week, and and I'm hoping I'm hoping a lot of you folks get a kick out of uh, listening to his story. Uh, yeah. That he shares a lot of what's going on. In fact, he even gets a little bit of emotional um, when he starts explaining how he came about his foundation. So uh, definitely take a listen and. Uh, in fact, you know what? If you don't mind, Troy, why don't we just kind of get started with the interview now? And uh, yeah, yeah, let's bring it up right now. Uh, there's, there's a long interview, but it's a great interview, and uh, it is. a lot of insight. There's a lot of insight in here, and a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes stories that you don't even know about. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when you when you consider 9/11 and what happened that day, and just to look at it from somebody that that was there. Um, yep. It, it really hits you, and it, it you know really brings some some feelings back to that day. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's let's jump into it, Howie. Whenever you're ready. Okay, sounds good. Well, uh, without further ado, here is Chief Master Sergeant Paul Miller of the United States Air Force. And welcome back. And uh, you know what? We have we have a, another guest this week, and uh, our guest today is Chief Master Sergeant Paul Miller. And Troy, you like to call him by a different name. What is that? Yeah, this is my uncle Paul. And uh, how you doing, Uncle Paul? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, nice rainy day down here in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, it's sizzling here a little bit in Pennsylvania, but it's good to hear your voice. I haven't talked to you in a little bit, so it's good to hear from you. Um, so Howie, uh, I'll let you start this off. Um, yeah, I know a little bit more about this guy than you might, so it's going to be hard <laughs> for me to come up with questions uh, right off the cuff. So go ahead, Howie. Well, well, Paul, I don't know if you know this, but I was a former bounty hunter, so I I did a little research on you, and <laughs> uh, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, no, shoot, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, so uh, now I know where you live. I have your phone number, and uh, you know, but uh, but no, in all reality, there's no way I'm going to be chasing you down, man. And anybody who saw that picture of him on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I'm not messing with you. You you have quite the uh, decorated past, including uh, 28 years in the military, uh, in the Air Force, and then part of that you were uh, in the Air Force on the uh, para rescue group. And uh, you know, I didn't know if you wanted to kind of tell me a little bit more about what the para rescue group was all about. Well. Yeah, I can talk a little bit about uh, Power Rescue, and, and Power Rescue is a specialty 
uh, as, as the Air Force calls it, the Air Force Specialty Code, uh, not to get too boring there, guys, don't fall asleep on me, um, <laughs> but uh, it's called pararescue, and it, it, short is PJ, which a lot, you know, a lot of people think uh, pajamas, but it comes from actually an old code, um, an old code that used to go on our flight orders. Um, some people uh, think it stands for para-jumper, uh, but it does not really. Uh, it stands for para-rescue. It was just a code that when we used to fly or jump, they would put uh, PJ on it. And so that has kind of stuck over the years. Though some of the really younger guys today, because of all the text world and everything, uh, they even sometimes chopped it shorter to just a J. Um, so they call themselves a J. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, 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 it is a lot more difficult many, to add that extra. Too piece. many letters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I could talk a little bit about, um, you know, pararescue in general because most people don't think of the Air Force. Most people think yeah. of the Air Force as those people who sit in offices or fly <laughs> up in the sky. They don't think of. Uh, the Air Force is people who are parachuting and doing scuba, uh, doing ground operations, doing humanitarian. We do the rescues that really nobody else can do. We're called in, like when I was stationed in Hawaii, uh, we're called in like if the Coast Guard can't get the mission done because of range or capability, they would call yeah. us and then we would okay. go do it. Um, we work with all the special forces. Uh, anytime a, a, a special unit goes in on a mission, we have Air Force in there. We are their rescue force. So if something goes wrong, we're there to get them out. So one of the unique things about us is that whenever we're called to action, things have really gone wrong already. Uh, yeah. And seldom are we going in silently. We're going in when things are wrong. But we also do humanitarian. Uh, we mm -hmm. do, if there's an earthquake someplace, we go. If there's a hurricane, uh, we go. There's a lot of pictures. And if you guys remember, a couple of years ago, there was, remember the Thai, uh, the soccer kids that were caught in the caves in yep. Thailand? Uh, yep. Couple of years back, they were trapped. Oh yeah. Well, what nobody really knew it was a lot of Air Force PJs that went there and set that whole rescue system up and helped them oh. to get out. So we went across the board. We even work with the yeah yeah we even work with the space program. Uh, mm -hmm. We are like when the space shuttle used to launch. When the very recently when the Falcon uh, SpaceX just uh, took off. We're the astronaut uh, rescue system. I used to deploy over to Africa. Uh, I won't say all the time, but every time we would have guys uh, in different parts of Africa and off of Florida in case things went wrong, we were their rescue mm -hmm. force. Takes about two years to get through the training, and we have about an 85 to 95% washout rate. Uh, wow. So, like my, yeah, my class, I started with about 
uh, 85 guys in, in my class. We graduated seven. Oh, my. That's so, amazing. So how, how, uh, how did you last? Like, what, what, what allowed you to last through that 85 uh, uh, member tryout, so to speak? Uh, what I would say is um, it's part of my life philosophy. I'm, um, I don't know if you guys are into, and I'm not. I won't say I'm into it, but more of it stoicism. Uh, being a mm-hmm. stoic, and uh, a lot of the younger Jerry's could look at stoic as maybe something old. The stoic is more of a philosophy of control what you can, and what you can't, you kind of roll with. And okay. so it kind of goes with a lot of things in 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 life. Uh, that, that so, so how I got through that training is, you, and you also take every thing that comes at you, you take it a step at a time. Mm-hmm. So no matter how hard it was, I didn't look at how long the training was going to be. I looked at the event that I was doing at that point in time. I'm going to complete this task, and then when I'm done with it, then, you know, I'll think about the next step. And so I'm not saying you don't plan ahead, but what I'm saying is when things are tough and things want to overwhelm you, you have to focus on the task in hand, and you can't be thinking about, you know, um, 10 hours ahead, 5 hours ahead years ahead because then it overwhelms your your ability so the way i got through not a tough guy uh, uh it's just taking that step at a time and believing uh in our model and and one of the things i think it's very important to understand that all of our guys we, we do a creed and i think it's important that uh it is my duty as a power to save life and to aid the injured, I will be prepared mm-hmm. at all times to do perform my assigned duties quickly and efficiently. Placing these duties before personal desires and comforts, something we all forget today. These are things I do that others may live. And yeah. uh, those just aren't words. Those are meanings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I saw kind of a quote from you, and I can't remember where I saw it, but probably somewhere on Facebook. And uh, and you had kind of talked about uh, you had kind of talked about yeah, you respect the flag, and uh, but you also respect others' rights to not respect the flag, so to speak. And um, and I was just kind of curious on that because I know this has become a huge issue lately with people kneeling for the flag, and uh, and and really not using it for for what a lot of us kind of see the flag as it should be used for i didn't know like what is your thought on that i mean i i respect your 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 uh thought process in regards to well they did they we did fight for that right and and they did you know so it is their right to protest how they want uh but just because it's their right does it make it right or what is your thought on that well, and, and I think that's a fine, uh, a, a fine balance there, Troy, and that, that we we should not, in my mind, should not demand that people 
think the same way that we, you know, that I think or you think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That is one of the things this whole nation has been built upon, uh, is that you can express your opinion. Now, as soon as I say that, it's also my right to not like what you do. I don't have to agree with it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to like it. Uh, so, like, when it comes to the dealing the flag, number one, for me, first thing I say is ignore it. Ignore the behavior. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying ignore what their their message. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying ignore the behavior. Uh, uh-huh. Then say, watch what's your issue, what's the challenge, let's talk. But many people have died for our right, our democratic and as a republic, our ability to express ourselves. I don't have to like it. And I can tell you I don't like it. Um, uh-huh. And if you're a product like the NFL is, let's choose the NFL as an example, sure. and mm-hmm. I don't have to support you as a product also. Uh, so through all this NFL stuff, you know, you know, Kaepernick or whatever, he had every right to do what he did. Now, for me personally, his timing I thought was bad because he waited till he got benched. Then all of a sudden he wants to do that. Now, I'm not saying that's what drove him, but from an outside Mm -hmm. perspective, that's what I see. Oh, you get benched. Now you want to kneel. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb on this and say, you know what? He's even more fake because when the time came when they said that, you know what? We're not going to accept you back. He outright said, you know what? I'm not going to kneel anymore. So it's either you stick up for your rights or you don't stick up for your rights. And uh, and he just didn't seem like he was as committed uh, to doing something as much as he was committed to getting noticed. And, um, you know, that's one thing I noticed. And you know what? Speaking of the NFL, Paul, (laughs) um, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll let you follow up on that question. Yeah, and and I agree with that. And and I'm not – I don't want to make Kaepernick a a, a hero or a martyr because, hey, he's made millions of dollars now. So – and that's okay. That's part of our society. If you can make money, they'll make it. Um, but again, I don't have to like it. Yep. Uh, and so a lot of people go, well, you criticized him. Well, guess what? That's my right to criticize him. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it is right to criticize me. And I think as a society, and I think uh, across the spectrum, we always have to remember that. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have to you agree. I'll tell you, a lot of the guys that I know, they won't agree with what I just said, but that's okay also Absolutely. Um, that uh, we, we, we need to do. I don't, I, don't, I don't know him. I don't know Colin. If I sat down and maybe talked with him, maybe we would bridge a common ground, but power and money and recognition, and it's one of the things I used to always say to everybody when I was in the military, then I'm the military, Many people equate recognition with importance, and that's yes. the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, recognition does not equate to importance, and, mm-hmm. and we confuse that so much as society. 
uh, and until we get past that, which I don't know if we ever will, uh, the highest paid people in the world usually are a lot of your most recognized people, but it doesn't mean that they're the most important people. Right. And it, yeah. And, right. It shouldn't, and it shouldn't be just because they're the most popular or most uh, wealthy or however you want to word it. It shouldn't also mean that their voice should be more powerful because everybody's voice should be just as important. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to kind of go to, you just mentioned um, about, you know, people sticking together. And I even kind of said about this on our second episode when we were talking about uh, George Floyd a little bit is, you know, I, I do think there is some um, injustice going on with with that. And and I, I, I think that a lot of the voices were heard um, from the riots and whatever else is happening still to this day. There's still places where it's happening. Um, I said it would be nice if we could all come together. And it's not the exact same thing. But when we got attacked on 9-11, this country came together like – I never remembered in my lifetime. Um, now I know you have an interesting perspective there because of where you were on the day of nine 11. And, uh, maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I have, um, uh, I don't know if I have a different perspective. I mean, I obviously have a different experience on nine 11 because there you go. Uh, yeah, I was, I was at the, uh, I was, at the Pentagon on 9/11, um, on the day that we that we talked, and what I'll say before I go in any more of this, um, if my any of my kids, my grandkids, or anybody that I know uh, listens to this, I have never really talked about this. Um, I did talk to it recently to a group of people um, last year down in, in Richmond. It was the first time I've ever uh, really talked publicly uh, about it. Yeah. Um, and part of that is there's an emotional aspect to it. Absolutely. And as much as I wanted to ask you about it personally, I never did because I knew and I know that that's a really touchy subject for a lot of people when they're in a situation like that. So we, we appreciate you being candid with us here. Yeah, and so I also say that the point where I stop, there may be a point where I, I you know, seriously get, you know, it, it hits me. It, it when I, I am, I, I kind of, I won't say relive it, but I refeel it. How's that? Right. How's that? Yeah. Um, and it, it actually brings me to a point to where I'm at today. So yeah, nine eleven. Uh, you know, the old joke. Pentagon used to be, uh, you know, that uh, the worst thing that's ever going to happen to us is we're going to die from paper cuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back then we still did everything by paper. Right. Uh, yeah. um, and the other funny thing, uh, haha, if you know, is I was actually supposed to be gone that week. I was supposed to be in Okinawa, uh, out there on a on a on a trip, and then. Uh, that got canceled at the last minute um, on that weekend, and then I was on leave. I what leave for the military vacation, so I was technically on vacation. Mm-hmm. But my old work ethic was, well, I'll take vacation that way I can go into work. I can actually wear civilian clothes, 
I can actually go to the gym and maybe actually, yeah, and 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 take lunch and actually go to the gym and take lunch. You know, so, uh, yeah. that, that was vacation in the military for me. You know, it really truly was. And uh, so on that day, I had gone in, and I and I remember it that um, because either you we had a point where you had to use your vacation leave, as we call it, or you would lose it. If you didn't use a certain amount, you would lose it come at the end of September. So I had like 20-some days. And I remember um, going in, got in probably like 6-something in the morning, did some work. And then uh, we started hearing these weird reports, you know, uh, up in New York City. And uh, we're like, you know, what the heck is, you know, going on? And I remember watching the first plane on TV. And, you know, American Airlines 11, I'm going to say it was around 846. Most of these numbers stick in my head pretty well. Yep, I think um, that was it. Yeah, hitting in, in New York, and there was all different types of reports coming in, a lot of confusion. Uh, and then a second plane hit, uh, United Airlines at 175, but around 903. And that's when I went, you know, this is really something. Something's not right. And I'm like, okay, yeah. But I also realized there's something I can probably really do from the Pentagon at this point. And, you know, but I also knew that we would all get called in and then our lives were going to be different for the next 48 hours. And we were probably, I thought, and then it changed later, but. But there was nothing that we were going to do. So I said, you know what? I'm going to leave. I'm going to go for a quick run. Um, that way, at least I get my run in before I get caught up into the bowels of the uh, of the Pentagon. So I remember going out, changing, and I remember it was a beautiful, clear, uh, you know, late summer day. I mean, the sky was was clear blue. Um, and I remember I went out in that day, Troy, I don't want you to get this picture in your head, but I'm, I'm heading out, you know, that's when we went, we're spandex all the time, you know, so uh, <laughs> here's your, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm running, going out in spandex in my tank top, uh, you know, and I remember, uh, going out and I remember looking off to my right. And I see an airplane, large airplane. I, I couldn't, I didn't really pay attention because you got to remember the Pentagon sits right along Reagan Airport there, Ronald Reagan uh, Airport. You always see planes coming in and out of there, so they would fly right down the Potomac, right past the Pentagon. Right. And I remember seeing one, but I'm like, he's flying weird. He's turning weird. But I also chalked it up immediately. I went. Oh, he's turning weird because they're telling him to get out of the area, I can't land, or, or whatever it is, so I wrote it off. Well, uh, what I didn't realize at, at that time uh, was there was a probably, and I, I can't swear to this, but I'm pretty sure that that was American uh, Airlines uh, Flight 77, and he was turned to come around. He went around, he came down around and I had my back turned and I was running a little away from the Pentagon. I was probably, I don't know, 
how far away at that point. And he came in and sliced right at Pentagon and, and struck uh, the Pentagon at that point. Now, the funny thing for me to this day, I have no sound memory of that. I don't remember him striking. I don't remember any of that. Really, it, It's not something that sticks with me at this point. Uh, okay. But I do yeah, remember kinda... turning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to I say, do remember yeah, turning. Just... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh sounds like you kind of, uh, you know, you just kind of shoved it in the back of your mind and, uh, and, and you're just not, it sounds like you're having a hard time kind of bringing that back to the forefront. I, I guess, I, and I still don't remember the sound. I remember the visions. I remember the sights of the day. I, I, I really, uh, none of the sounds of the whole day, and, and you know, mm-hmm. as I go through the whole day, that really stick with me. Uh, but all the sights do. And I remember turning, and I remember seeing a black cloud with deep orange rolling fire and smoke, not flames. It wasn't like a flames. It was like a roar, roaring, you know, really boiling mm-hmm. and just coming up out. And I turned and I went, what the, you know, yeah. so I turned and I ran back to the, to, you know, to the site. Mm-hmm. Here's something a lot of people don't probably know that was actually very, uh, you don't want to say lucky in some ways, but in some ways, um, if there was one place that that plane could hit in the Pentagon that would do the least amount of damage, it was that side of the Pentagon. Uh, If he probably would have hit any other side of the Pentagon, we would have had probably thousands killed not a hundred uh killed um because they had just refurbished that they had just re-strengthened those walls it re-strengthened the pillars and it wasn't fully occupied and because of that, it, because it, it, most people, I don't know, there's about 25,000 people who work in that Pentagon. Oh, my goodness. So if you just want to average 25,000 people, 5,000 per side, if you will. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so if he hits one side, now not all 5,000 are going to uh, die or be injured, but at least 1,000. But there it was, it was you know, hundred and, and so uh if there was a side that like that was it. Um I had actually been on that side earlier that morning uh, wow. Oh, wow. and uh had to go over for a meeting and walked out. And then the other thing people don't realize when that plane hit it it made a hole in the Pentagon. Most people if you see most pictures all you see is a collapsed slab of the Pentagon uh, that is rolling down. That didn't happen to probably, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes later um, mm-hmm. that that fell because I had run up to that hole um, and nobody was coming out of that area, not right there. There's just that, that you're talking about a fully loaded plane 
that went in that impacted you know nobody's coming out of that area the surrounding areas yes from the uh, from the time of what saved the couple but from the time of impact until you got there how how soon was that you know i don't know 100 percent i'm with a couple minutes if, okay. if you know uh if if that i got there before fire engines and everything else and and all of that um those did, types of things did you just go right um, into, like did your mind just click over to your to power rescue right away like that yeah i mean you run to where you're needed i mean you go to uh you, you go to where you're 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 required it's it's uh training does take over at that time yeah it was just uh, like an automatic trigger right and that's another thing i would say is and that's one of our things our job while we're medically trained a lot of people will call us medics we're not medics we're medically trained but we do everything from confined space pulling people out we do everything from you know mountaineering uh, to getting people out of that, to helicopter work and scuba work. So all of that, you know, comes together. So when I went there, uh, I went right to obviously where the initial impact was. Mm -hmm. Then obviously there was nothing I could do there. All right, we started then getting calls. I was uh, uh, another uh, security guy was there. He had come up and he was still up on radio. We got calls of another plane being inbound. And um, so we're like, shoot, here's another plane coming for us is what we thought. Mm -hmm. We started moving people away out of the Pentagon. Again, think about mm -hmm. now the Pentagon is emptying out. Everybody's out in the parking lot. So a plane doesn't even need to hit the Pentagon to hit people. It's, you just come down and wipe out thousands of people in the parking lot. Oh so we're moving everybody back because of another plane inbound. So what luckily happened, might have saved my life, probably saved some other people's life for sure. We moved away from that impact area um, and started pushing people back. But we found out a little bit later that that plane was a U.S. plane that wasn't uh, wasn't squawking correctly, uh, didn't have the right uh, friendly identifier. Uh, but what happened is that whole section of the Pentagon collapsed. And so if some people wouldn't have moved back, um, they probably would have been killed in that collapse. Wow. So in some way, that worked out, uh, if you will, uh, to, to come back. So my vision, then is that we went back, we set up triage areas, we had helicopters coming in. Um, um, again, understand my perspective is not always 100% factual because um it's, you know it's one person's perspective right. of a yeah exactly that's exactly right and plus i have a smaller vision what, what i remember if you didn't come out of there pretty much in the first 20 minutes you didn't come out of there okay mm -hmm. um there might have been some people inside that were pulled out later um, you got to think about the fuel oil and, and all those types of, uh, of things. But we went through that whole day, and I remember one time, you know, getting my arms burnt. And I, when I say burnt, I don't want to over-exaggerate. It would be like a, 
like a first degree burn yeah. on your arm. Your 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 hair is singed and everything. But I'm also remember I told you I'm wearing spandex. Right. Uh, and so <laughs> exactly, spandex and fire does not go well together. No. <laughs> so no. It's not the best uh, firefighting um, um, equipment to have. So there were a couple times that I did have it back back off. And I trust me, <laughs> it's funny what you think of. But yeah, did, did I think about the boys? Yeah, I did. I thought about you know the jewels <laughs> down there, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> so you know, I it's kind of funny that. how the mind works, you know. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. so uh, but and there was nothing I could do. You know, I don't. You know, I couldn't do that. I was there from the time of that impact, uh, and there's certain memories. Like I said, I remember watching one of the planes, one of our fighters, an F-16, from flying low, fast and low across the top of the Pentagon. And uh, that was a very emotional time because I realized that he came, or actually he and she is, if I, if I believe correctly, came walking across there uh, that I'm like, you know, they're going out and they might have to shoot down a civilian airliner full of Americans that might be heading towards the capital. I never even thought of it. Yeah. And think about the weight of doing that. You know, I remember I thought that that day. That's terrible. I, yeah, I never even would have thought of that. But yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, and and they yeah. were probably headed. So uh, you know, that's what those. Exactly. I was going to say they were. They so, were probably. You know, they were probably headed out to uh, Pennsylvania to deal with uh, that exactly. plane that, that dropped at Shanksville, and uh, you know, yeah, I couldn't imagine what was going through the uh, pilots' heads at that time, knowing that this might be what they have to do. Yeah, it's something that you, you know, and that's one reason that the military, a little off the subject, but uh, it goes along with it, is that, you know, that's, you know, we're supposed to follow legal and morally ethical orders. Mm. A male person has to deal with that when they're given an order, you know, cleared uh, cleared hot. To, to think of those thoughts, um, mm-hmm. what do I do? You know? Right. So I remember thinking that, watching that fly across and thinking those moments. Mm-hmm. And then um, other thoughts for me, um, it's going through, and I remember it was getting later in the evening and I was still there. And I remember watching the Pentagon, it was burning. Now, the Pentagon is made of concrete and so on, but the roofs were shingles. Mm-hmm. And so that started burning. But now, this is probably around like it's dark. Um, and you watch the Pentagon burning. But the interesting thing is, I like the birds in the background, by the way. Yeah, thank but, you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they're being loud. Right now. They're being loud. Right now. <laughs> I know. I guess they're trying to lighten the mood for us. It could be, but I remember looking, sitting outside and looking at the Pentagon, and the Pentagon is on fire. Okay, we have a short side of it with roof collapse, but on the other parts of the Pentagon, the lights are on, 
and people are working. We were already working our response. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Pentagon had been attacked, and now that building, there are people still in there on the other side of the building. They're still working. And I'll never forget that feeling that, yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I remember and then, when, when I found out that said his. When I had found out about the impact, and uh, within minutes of, of us finding out that the Pentagon hit, I remember calling my grandpa, your dad, and, and asking him if he had heard from you, if we knew you were okay. I didn't realize you were on leave at the time, and, and we hadn't heard from you, and nobody had heard from you. And it, I guess it wasn't until later that evening that we had, you had finally gotten in touch with somebody, and we knew that you were okay. But I remember we were all worried sick about you that whole day until we actually heard from you. Yeah, cell phone coverage was all cut at that time. And again, go back to 2001, so the cell phone coverage wasn't as good. I didn't exactly. obviously yep. have my cell phone. I didn't have my cell phone with me. Yeah, I was calling call grandpa pretty, from the landline. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get through to somebody that probably almost, I'm going to say it was pretty late. Yeah. Until I finally got through to somebody and said, hey, uh, I'm good, I'm okay, uh, you know, uh, contact you contact you uh, uh, later. Right. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I had heard from Grandpa as well. Because I was, I was working yeah. at the Fredericksburg Elementary School at that time, and I, I kept going over there. Like, oh, okay. every, I kept going over to the office like about every hour to make a phone call to you, <laughs> to Grandpa to get to see if you were okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, you, you can, I don't know, if, you know, you can kind of wrap it up. You were, I know you were saying about you were there till the evening, and I didn't know where you were going to go with that, but I just wanted to do this. When you said that, it reminded me. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I, I think the last part that I would say is, and it kind of leads me to actually some of the things I do today. I mean, mm. I've always kind of believed in helping others. I, I, I look back and I did, but I remember it was around uh, 2200, 10 o'clock p.m., and uh, it was probably the first time that I was by myself, and I remember sitting down uh, on some cement, and I was just sitting there. I was tired. I was exhausted. And I remember sitting over and sitting there, and I looked over, and there was a young woman. I don't know how old she was. I'm going to say, you know, 20s. Um, mm -hmm. She came walking over. She had a baby in her arms, an infant, uh, anywhere between, you know, one month and uh, six months old, um, holding the baby. And I remember sitting, my first thought was, what the hell are you doing here? Mm -hmm. Then I noticed that um, I could see she was crying. Mm -hmm. Okay, just, this is, this is one of my customers, guys. So yeah, uh, I, I understand. Take your time. Yep. yep. That's all right. Count yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, And I remember looking at her and going, you know, what are you doing here? Then I thought to myself, my God, she has somebody in there and she hasn't heard from them yet. Yep. And they're not, and, and I knew, I thought I knew, let's put it that way, okay? they weren't coming out. Yeah. And at that point, yeah. Then, yeah. And then I had a very selfish thought. I went. I have to get. I have to get up and walk over to her. 
And my selfish thought was I didn't want to do that. I was I was uh, exhausted. I was tired, emotionally drained. And then I think that's the first time. Uh, and I, I did write about this once. Is that it was the first time that I, I kind of cried that that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I remember saying to myself, you know, a quick prayer. I said, Lord, please help me here to do the right thing. Give me the strength, you know. Um, and so at that point, I realized that I had to get up and walk over. Didn't want to. Again, selfish. Um, but as I was getting up, another man came walking over to her. Uh, out of nowhere, I have no idea where, where the hell he came from. And um, uh, he walked over to her, started talking to her, and put her arm around her, and I realized he was a chaplain. Uh, and so, you know, all I said was, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, uh, he definitely heard uh, your prayer there, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And, and one, of, one of the things that... Uh, struck me many, many years later, and, and you know, we run a, pro- a non-profit now. I run a non-profit when I retired in 2016. Yes, yes we, please, we'll get into that, too. Absolutely. Yeah, well, this is that connection to it, is that I remember sitting there and going, she's lost a life, you know, but now what is the future of that baby? Yeah. What is that young child? future holding for him or her and that always stuck with me and so while my job then was that others may live uh, I think that was a transition point in my life and I can't would but I knew it at that point in time. right but right. you can save a physical life but now how do they cope with that life how do they rise to that life, and that from others that from that others may live to that others may rise, and um, mm. I, looking back, I've made that connection to that moment in time, and there was a couple other moments in time, mm-hmm. um, but that that occurred for me because that was a very extremely, um, uh, you know, emotional uh, time. Other things. Yeah, you you deal with what you see and and what goes on, but, uh, you know, looking at somebody's future um, is, is, you know, that was probably one of the the hardest times. And that that website that you can go to is thatothersmayrise.org. And that's the, um, the, that is, that is correct. Yeah. And that's the process when your wife has started. Yep. And that go and and any prop and any donations that go to that you you give to what? We give to two. We work in two different areas. Um, uh, one, there's a country called uh, Cabo Verde, Cape Verde. It's off the coast of Africa, about 300 miles. It's a very democratic, stable country, but it's a very poor country. My wife Angela is originally from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't get a lot of attention uh, because they are very stable. They don't have that strike. And that's one of our problems that we have in our society. Uh, we only want to help when 
things are totally screwed up and and we want to see people dying and we want to see all this other stuff that we can run in and, and be those knights and, and you know, uh, the knights and shining armor. We have yeah. a country here that is very, yeah, correct. And rather than doing uh, as um, we have a country that on its own has done the road of being a very uh, democratic and a strong republic uh, and you know, want to help them. So we work a lot. We focus mostly on education over there. Like we can put a young person through college for 1200 a year, uh, you know, which, yeah, I'm not doing that here. That's right? amazing. Um, you couldn't even get a clap. We'll change a young. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so change a young person's life. Uh, for 1200 a year, and 100% of anything that we receive goes to help others. We don't get paid. Uh, we don't pay anybody. The only time we would pay somebody is, to, like, let's say we have a craftsman within that country that we want them to do something, to build mm -hmm. something. Right. And we'll pay them to do that. Um, and we work through the local folks there because they have, rather than us sitting afar, and, and we do go over there yearly, and, um, but rather than us sitting far, we work with a Christian organization over there um, that focus on, on the needs. So we work through scholarships, and we call it uh, the Easy Scholarship Program, and it's not because it's easy, it's because it's the Elmer which could bring a bell for you, Troy. And sure does. the ZZ, yeah, and the Elmer and ZZ scholarship program. Elmer is, is my dad, yeah. uh, okay. you know, uh, so Troy's, uh, you know, yeah. my uh, grandfather. grandfather. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah, and ZZ is my mother-in-law who lives over there. And two different people with two different, totally different backgrounds but exactly the same in their attitudes and helping mm -hmm. the world and, and helping others. And, you know, my dad served in the military, served in the Navy. He worked at Bethlehem Steel um, for his whole life. And he always yeah. looked out quiet and did what needed to be done. And the same thing as, as, as ZZ, that's kind of an informal name. Uh, some people call her Donna Maria, Donna being... Uh, more of a title, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. I did get. Uh, I got the. I got the proper one that, time as well. Yeah, yeah. and um, so um, you know, so we work on that, and then also we work with veterans uh, on our site. I uh, put stuff about people writing resumes, about interviewing for jobs, uh, things that are critical, uh, important for somebody to get out that they don't think about. Right now we're raising funds. I had an, an old uh, friend that I went through power rescue training with back in 1982, 83, um, that he has ALS, uh, what they call Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. And uh, he's totally paralyzed. Mm. Um, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease, as most people don't know, that's pretty much a death sentence. You yeah. Know, there, yeah. There is no cure. Uh and so I'm working with Henry, um, uh, uh, Heroes for ALS, Henry Rowe, 
uh, is, you know, one of his visions, and he's on his bed. He can't do anything for himself, nothing. But he wants to do a fishing thing for people where people avail us that they can't get them out on a pontoon boat, on a lake, or they can go out and have the joy of fishing. So we're, uh, he raised so much money, we told him we'll do the rest. And then we're looking for other money because, you know, we got to buy other supplies. We got to buy other, uh, you know, he got to get a slip and different things like that. So, mm-hmm. so that's where we, we focus on Cabo Verde because, uh, very familiar with the area, but also because they have stepped up on their own and done a lot for themselves. And now we have this thing in our society where we help people to get their heads out of water. And then as soon as they get their head out of the water, we walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we didn't realize is we didn't untie their hands, uh, you know, from their backs or something like that. Uh, right. So, you know, though you can tread water, that's part of our training. We tie hands and feet and throw you in the water. But, uh, that's a whole different thing. But you're going to do that for so long. Yeah, you'd rather not have to do that with your hands tied. Correct. Yeah. You'd rather not. So you, that's one of the things we want to follow through on those types of things. And then from a veteran standpoint, as a society in the U.S., we throw a lot of money at veterans. We throw a lot of money at a lot of other programs, scholarships and all things, but so much mm-hmm. of it is wasted. And so oh, I know. Um, and we, I, you know, the amount of money that we use for programs is just it amazes me you know and it's wasted to bureaucracy it's wasted for uh jobs for government people that don't do their damn job and (laughs) and so you know uh, those are the things that i fight against even within the veterans administration um yeah you know trying to get them to do what they're supposed to do so Anyway, I know I rambled on quite a no, bit that's there, okay. but that's, that's, no, that's great. That's kind of where I'm at today. Yeah, I'm okay with you with you rambling on about that because it's a very <laughs> it's a very heartfelt thing for you, and I and I know that because um, I, I I think I heard you earlier say you guys started this in 2016. Correct. That's when we officially started. We were already doing a lot of it, but we officially started in 2016. Yeah. Okay. And and I so, know that's and, something and it derived dear to you guys. Yeah, and it derived from, um, you know, from, I guess, what is it, your motto from Pararescue that others may live, and and you kind of brought that up to where that others may rise foundation. I mean, just a really, really cool story, um, you know, about you turning something really negative in life and history and turning it into something positive, and uh, it was kind of, it was neat to hear you know, even the emotional part of it, you know, of that story uh, and you turning it into something as positive as you have and continue to do. And, uh, and you're one of the rare ones, Paul, because you're, you're one of the ones that, uh, like you said, you're not just getting them and taking them out of the water, but you're, you're picking them up and dusting them off and you're basically teaching them how to continue to, to live and continue to thrive uh without necessarily just kind of picking them up and forgetting them and moving on so uh you know kudos to you and and uh and for everything that you have done and continue to do so i'm really really impressed with uh 
with what you what you do for uh, people not only around here but around the world. So great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, and I know uh, with with you know with, without overlooking, uh, I know Angela, your wife. I know she does a lot to help with that as well. So let's let's not forget. Oh, about with, her as well. with 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 without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, I would be doing a, a lot of this. I don't, uh, you know, without her support, without her uh, things. She's working a full time job. She works for uh, you know Marine Corps uh, University. Uh, mm. Quantico, and so uh, that keeps her extremely busy. But uh, with her support, uh, that that makes it um, you know uh, a lot better and easier uh, because a a she's an interpreter a lot of times too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I bet. Uh, I bet. <laughs> but you know what, Paul? If, but, if, if someone it, wanted to. If someone wanted to contribute to your foundation, how would they go about uh, making that step? Very simply, you can go to the you can just go to the the website, you know, that others may rise dot org, um, and or dot com uh, doesn't doesn't matter either one. Or go to the, the same site, and you can give contribute. You can contribute through a check. You can contribute through uh, um, you know credit card. You can contribute through PayPal. Uh, on mm-hmm. uh, and I guarantee you, uh, what we receive, like you said, uh, any administrative costs for our website, uh, for anything that we do administrative, we pay for ourselves. Uh, okay. And uh, that money, and that's one of the things I, I hate about some nonprofits, that so much of that money goes to themselves. Mm-hmm. And not to the people in need, and, and that's yeah. one thing I will always, you know, fight against. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. So, one of the few organizations that uh, that actually take care of the cause, and uh, that's what an awesome cause uh, that you are are doing uh, for for those folks out there. Yeah, I don't know how much you know about um, uh, Howie's background, uh, Uncle Paul, but. Um, he, he deals with uh, mental health. So mm-hmm. um, I, I know we, one of our, I think it was our second episode, we were we were talking a little bit about mental health. And I, I know that's, that's a big topic with veterans from the military. And, um, yeah. and, I, and mm-hmm. I think I saw something on your website where you were doing, I don't know if it got canceled because of the, the COVID now, but uh, you were going to do some sort of a run that was going to go towards that as well. We were, but actually that that one was more focused on uh, Lou Gehrig's uh, ALS because we were focusing from veterans. I was actually having, and again, this was a, uh, you know, one of the side note I'll make um, is uh, I have a very good friend, uh, Tor is his name. He's a Swedish major, mm-hmm. but he supported the U.S. like three times in Afghanistan. Oh. And and other locations in the world, um, and now he has a form of ALS. And, uh, okay. So we were going to have him over uh, to do that, and we had to cancel that right right now to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are things that you know we want to uh, focus on. And funny as you say about how his mental health, I used to work in mental health. My first four years in the Air Force, uh, mm, I, I, didn't know I was a mental health tech. Yeah, 
I was a mental health technician, and I have a master's degree in uh, human services counseling. Wow. So, uh, okay. Well, you know what? We have a lot in common, Paul. You know, you started out uh, working in the chicken plant, and uh, so did I. And, uh, and you also worked in mental health as well as I did. And in fact, I have a master's degree as well. So uh, lots in common there. Except, uh, oh, cool. You know, but yeah. you uh, you definitely have uh, traveled abroad a little bit more than I have. Uh, I can only tell you I've been to Canada. <laughs> uh was that was that the film part of the South Park movie or um <laughs> Yeah. No, actually it was called to go to Niagara Falls and so so the part of Canada that I was on really didn't feel like Canada anyway, but I was there, that's all I can tell you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh my so, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, you you mentioned the chick you mentioned the chicken plant. I think when yeah. I worked there, I think it was called Grind. Oh, okay. Yep. Grind I'm with rings that. a bell to me. I believe you're right. Yep. I, believe I think you're it right. was Grind. Okay. I'll have to do I think, some I think uh, you guys are talking a little bit before my time now. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, come on, Troy. You're only six years younger than me, so suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, uh, uh, yeah, that was a long time ago, so. Talking early seventies, so. Oh, uh, okay. Is there, any, is there any? Is there anything else that you would like to touch on, Howie, or that you would like to uh, to mention at all, Uncle Paul? I mean, with me, Paul, I'm just gonna say, man, thank you for everything that you have done, and uh, and you really have an interesting story, and uh, and I'm glad that you're able to turn a lot of that that was that you can arguably say is trauma that you've turned a lot of that trauma into positivity and I love the quote that you made when you said you know what um, I, I really worry about the things I can control and let the things I cannot control and I just roll with it and I really I really like that because I I really I really preach that myself and uh, that means a lot to me to hear someone say that because it it's not that it's simple but it's something that you know what if people can just learn how to worry about the things that they can control and focus on that as opposed to focusing on what they can't control. People would make it so much further in life than what you see now. And, uh, and that that's going to hit home with me when I heard you say that. So, but, uh, but yeah, thank you again for everything. And, um, and if there's anything else you, you want to plug, let us know, you know, what, what do you got going on other than your foundation and, uh, and, I'm going to also recommend if anybody's listening in the Virginia area, please hook Paul up with some better internet. <laughs> we, trust me, we do have that issue. <laughs> we do have that issue. Yeah. Um, so. No, uh, Uncle Paul, I, like I said, I never really had a conversation with you about this. Um, and, and I know it was always a really touchy subject and that's, you know, why I've never wanted to bring it up. But again, I appreciate you being very candid about it. And, um, you know, when you got emotional about it, it really hit me and it even took me back to that day and remembering not knowing what was happening in the world, if, you know, and specifically, like I said, the thing that always sticks out to me, not necessarily about that day, but is the, the days after and how much everybody was so proud to be an American and how excuse the French here, but pissed off we were that something like that happened to us. 
And it, you know, I, I wish we could get back to that, and, and I hope we do at some point. But um, thank you for all you do. Thank you for what you did for our country. And, you know, thank you for being an awesome uncle, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And, and I would like to add, you know, to my brothers out there in, uh, in Pararescue, uh, Booyah, and we'll get that if anybody would listen to us. <laughs> and uh, we actually do have two brothers buried there in uh, York, Pennsylvania, that side uh, oh. uh, doing missions. Um, so I do want to mention Robert uh, Germain and uh, Daniel uh, Zerb, uh, Z-E-R-B-E. Uh, his dad still lives there in, in York. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, they both died on different missions. Uh, one kind of took well, not kind of, he took my place on a mission and never came back. Uh, oh my God! And the other one died many, yeah, died many years later. But that's a whole different story. But a lot of to uh, to all the folks out there that continue to do the job. Uh, my my hats off uh, to them. Uh, respect the hell out of them. And to you guys, hey, like like I said, uh, you know, um, don't don't just think your dream you know, live your dream and uh, make it reality. And I think you guys, uh, this is great. Yeah, we're we're having a lot of fun doing this, and we appreciate you coming on to talk with us. Um, as, as this podcast grows, we'll have more people on. And, um, you know, if we have to revisit our conversation with you down the road when we get some more listeners, you know, I, we can do that for sure. And um, that's all I have for you. Um, Howie, do you want to close us out here? Well, um, once again, uh, thank you for everything that you've done. And, uh, Paul, uh, best of luck in your in your foundation and the mission of that. And uh, I, I wish you well. And uh, thank you again. Uh, your story was very uh, uplifting and, um, you know, something we haven't had in a while, which is patriotic, and I appreciate that. So thanks again. All right. And we are back. And you know what? Let's uh, – why don't we just take a quick uh, commercial break and uh, – once again, let's uh, let's thank Paul Miller for that awesome interview, uh, Troy. And uh, he's, you know, not only is he your uncle, but uh, but man, he's a he's a decorated man. He's been through a lot, and he's also doing a lot for uh, his community and abroad. And his, uh, in fact, it's his wife's uh, community is is who he's helping as we speak. So why don't yeah. we just take a quick commercial, and we'll come right back, and we'll talk a little bit more before uh, closing it out. And uh, we'll be back right after this. All right. And we are back. And Troy, uh, man, yeah. your uncle. I don't know. Did you, I mean, did you know all the stuff that he was talking about before? I didn't. I didn't. I knew some of it, um, some of the stuff based upon his foundation I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not know. And he even, you know, says in the interview that he didn't really ever share anything about 9-11 that day. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I understand that. And uh you know, we, we sure thank him for being candid about it here on our show. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks, Uncle Paul, for everything you did to uh, for your interview, for, for all the information you shared. And also I just wanted to say, you know, he's got a, a son and a daughter, so I wanted to wish him a happy Father's Day as well. Oh, yeah, happy Father's um, Day, Paul. Yeah, so, yeah, I, what what really sticks out for you in that interview? Uh, I'll tell you what, what sticks out for me is uh, – is how he 
turn a tragic event into something as positive as his foundation, uh, foundation that others may rise. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, and he, like he, like he got emotional when he explained about seeing that woman with that child. Uh, it just kind of hit me a little bit because, you know, here, if you look at his picture, man, he, he just looks like a badass and someone who could, yeah. uh, you know, just rip people apart. But you know what, that, that guy has the biggest heart, you know, just talking to him and, and you can just tell that not only does he want to help people, but he wants to be able to build them up to where they can continue to thrive. Not just give them yeah. money and be like, here, you're good for however long, but we're going to give you not only, like, it's kind of like teach a man a fish and they'll live forever type of um, yep. type of situation. So, yeah. Teach I mean, a man a fish, guy, they'll, they'll eat forever. Yeah. Yeah. Give a man a fish, he'll yeah. eat for one day. Right. Exactly. I mean, he's he's providing. He's not only building them up, but he's providing them the tools to continue to thrive. And that's awesome, yeah. man. I mean, that that I takes love, a lot of work too. I love how he did the play on words with the because you know the power rescue um, motto yes. is you know it, it all brings to that others may rot that others may live right. And uh, he he made that into his you know uh, foundation, and he made it that others may rise. And I thought that was a really cool play on words. Yes, it sure was. Uh, really, really cool guy. So um, I'm yeah. glad to uh, I'm glad to be able to talk to him. And and I'll tell you what, I always get a kick out of talking to folks that uh, have a decorated military career like himself. Uh, you know, I always like I always make it a point to um, to really talk to someone who has seen what they have seen. And I'm glad that we were able to talk to uh, your uncle uh, Paul Miller. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, very awesome. It it was definitely like you you know when you asked me there there was some definitely some stories in there that I wasn't prepared to hear. Um, and as you know when he got to that part in the story where he was talking about the the young lady, it didn't really hit me where he was going with that story at first. But then what yeah. he said about her realizing or him realizing that she probably had somebody in there that didn't come out that that really hit me. And when he got emotional about it, I honestly got emotional about it too because oh, yeah, you know I I've never. Not many times other than, you know, you know, family tragedies, whether it be death or whatever, have I ever seen him get emotional. So when I seen him get emotional about that, I knew it was something really important to him. So. Yep, most definitely. Yeah, so uh, once again, uh, thank you, Chief Master Sergeant Paul Miller, uh, for, not only for your service, but uh, also um, I always like to commend people who walk the walk and talk the talk. And, uh, and he is definitely one of those folks. Uh, he's not one that just uh, – comments on things and and criticizes things he actually you know what i see a problem here and i'm going to fix it and that's sure as you know that's just, that's exactly what he's doing so um kudos to this guy absolutely thanks uncle paul yeah most definitely all right guys so uh so that was our interview and i hope you all enjoyed it and uh you know what troy once again happy father's day and uh I hope uh, hope everything goes as expected for you, and I uh, hope you have a great week. And then uh, we'll we'll probably be welcoming you in on your birthday for the most part. And uh, you know, so uh, so happy early birthday and happy yeah. early fortieth birthday, by the way. Yeah, I'll be so, I'll be I'll be hitting a new decade when we talk next. Yeah, you will. And uh, and well, we'll we'll talk about uh, how your body's going to adjust to that. <laughs> Uh, I definitely have some stories on that one myself. So, yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that. But, yeah, thanks again, Troy, uh, for introducing me to uh, our interview today. And uh, That was my pleasure. uh, Yeah, no problem. And uh, 
Hope you have a good week. And uh, Troy, why don't you uh, talk us out again? Thank you for listening to another episode. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at StayTunedTNH. Email us, StayTunedTNH at gmail.com. And uh, whichever podcast avenue you're listening to us on, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And until next week, stay tuned.